0: Welcome to Music History Monday for February 7th, 2022. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is Gregorio Allegri, Allegri's Miserere, and Wolfgang Mozart. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at Patreon.com/slash Robert Greenberg Music, where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. We mark the death on February 7th, 1652, 370 years ago today, of the Italian composer and Sistine Chapel singer Gregorio Allegri in Rome. He had been born in that great and ancient city 70 years before in 1582. Allegri is remembered today for a work he composed in the 1630s during the reign of Pope Urban VIII, entitled Miserere mei Deus, which means have mercy on me, O God. The Miserere is a setting of Psalm 50. That's Psalm 51 in Protestant Bibles. Allegri composed his miserere specifically and exclusively for use in the Sistine Chapel, the Pope's private chapel, to be performed during the tenebrae services of Holy Week, which occur on the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday before Easter Sunday. Allegri's setting calls for two separate choirs one employing five voices, and the other four voices. The choirs alternate with one another until the last part of the piece, during which they join to conclude the miserere in nine-part polyphony. As the miserere was performed over the years, embellishments were spontaneously added by the singers. Embellishments that eventually became part of any performance but were never written down. A link is provided to a lovely embellishment-free performance by the Tenebrae Choir, conducted by Nigel Short and recorded in London. For our historical information, Allegri's Miserere is often identified as a Renaissance work, but it is not. I know better than anyone how arbitrary are such period designations as Renaissance and Baroque and Classical, but the Miserere was composed in the 1630s, by which time Allegri would have been listening to that quintessential Baroque-era entertainment of opera for years, if not decades. The Miserere is indeed a Baroque-era work. Its perceived Conservatism, which continues to cause many to identify it as a 16th century rather than as a 17th century work, is a product of the generally conservative nature of the Palestrina-inspired Roman church music of the time. At some unknown date, the Vatican forbade the transcription, publication, and/or performance of the Miserere outside of the tenebrae services at the Sistine Chapel under pain of excommunication. It sort of goes without saying that over the years, the mystique surrounding Allegri's miserere became huge. With such proscriptions in place, for many decades the Vatican assumed that the miserere would be safe from piracy. However, those authorities at the Vatican had not anticipated the attendance at a tenebrae service at the Sistine Chapel, likely on Thursday, April 12, 1770, of a 14-year-old wunderkind from Salzburg named Wolfgang Mozart, 1756 to 1791. Background. The trips to Italy. Between 1769 and 1773, Mozart and his father, Leopold, together toured Italy three times. The first of these trips was an extended tour that covered almost 40 cities, including triumphant appearances in Verona, Mantua, Milan, Bologna, Florence, Rome, and Naples. It was during this first Italian journey that Mozart wrote his second opera, Mozart's first opera. La Finta Semplice, the pretended simpleton, had been written in 1768 when Mozart was 11 and a half years old. This second opera, an opera seria, that means a serious opera, entitled Midridate, Re di Panto, Mithridate, King of Pontus, was an unqualified success. In Milan, it ran for 22 consecutive performances, with the 12-year-old Mozart conducting the first three from the harpsichord. Leopold wrote home to his wife, Anna Marie, quote, Our son's opera is still running, is still winning general applause, and is, as the Italians say, alle stelle, which means to the stars. It was during these Italian tours that Mozart, the serious composer, supplanted Mozart, the wonder child. The young dude was astonishingly productive, writing operas, concert arias, serenades and divertimenti, sacred works, string quartets, and symphonies. In August of 1770, at the ripe old age of 13 and a half, Wolfgang wrote home to his mother and sister, quote, In the meantime, I have composed four Italian symphonies, to say nothing of arias of which I must have composed at least five or six, and also a motet. Unquote. Much of the music Mozart is referring to was sent directly home to Salzburg thereby satisfying the authorities that they were getting the necessary bang for their ducat out of both Mozart's father and son, whose travel expenses were being underwritten by the court. Mozart's Italian journeys were, collectively, a triumph. He was still young and physically small enough to be perceived as a wonder child, but mature enough to write significant music in all the prevailing tastes and styles. However, and this is a most important point, his preternatural talent aside, Mozart's success in Italy was by no means guaranteed. Italy was the capital of European music. Mozart was an Auslander, an outsider, an Austrian with a German-born father, and Italian musicians and audiences were not as easily impressed as their northern European counterparts by child prodigies. In every city he visited, Mozart was tested and scrutinized by skeptical musical authorities. In Verona, a local Gazette reported that Mozart had managed to overcome, quote, the most arduous trials with an inexpressive skill and thus to universal admiration, unquote. These trials included tests of sight reading, composing music on the spot, improvisation and accompaniment. In Mantua, the experts that tested Mozart could not find, quote, words sufficient to express our feeling that this youth appears to be born to confound all the experts in the art. Mozart is a miracle in music and one of those freaks nature causes to be born." Unquote. And so it went throughout Italy. In Bologna and Verona, Mozart was made a member of each city's Accademia Philharmonica. For both Wolfgang and Leopold, Italy was, professionally, musically, and monetarily, the high point of their lives. Although he missed his mother and his sister, the following is typical of the sort of letter Wolfgang wrote home to his mother, Dearest Mama, my heart is so completely enchanted with all these Italian pleasures, because It is so jolly on this journey because it is so warm in the carriage and because our coachman is a fine fellow who, when the road gives him the slightest chance, drives so fast. Yeah, it does sound a lot like the autostrada today. I am always merry and I simply love traveling, unquote. Mozart and Allegri's Miserere. For all the works he composed, for all the audiences he astonished, for all the honors he was awarded, the most famous story from Mozart's Italian Journeys is the one regarding Giorgio Allegri's Miserere mei Deus. Here's the story, unencumbered by a complete set of facts. Wolfgang and Leopold arrived in Rome in April 1770, just in time, to hear Allegri's Miserere performed at the Sistine Chapel. We will allow Leopold Mozart to take it from here. In a letter to his wife, written two days later, on April 14th, Leopold wrote, quote, You have often heard of the famous Miserere in Rome, which is so greatly prized that the performers in the chapel are forbidden on pain of excommunication to take away a single part of it, to copy it, or give it to anyone. But we have it already. Wolfgang heard it and has written it down. All Rome, and even the Pope himself, knows that he wrote it down. There is nothing to fear. On the contrary, the achievement has done him great credit. We would have sent it to Salzburg in this letter if it were not necessary for us to be there to perform it. Moreover, as it is one of the secrets of Rome, we do not wish to let it fall into other hands." Wow! Leopold was not one to keep such news to himself. And he told this story far and wide. He was, after all, a one-person marketing department. Now, in no way do we mean to diminish Wolfgang's feat. But yes, it's now time to let the facts get in the way. Leopold claims in his letter that, as the miserere, quote, is one of the secrets of Rome, we do not wish to let it fall into other hands, unquote. What Leopold fails to mention is that by 1770, Allegri's miserere had long been circulated across Europe and the threat of excommunication lifted. By the time Mozart transcribed the work in April of 1770, without we should note the embellishments that lay at the heart of its secrecy. The Miservere had already been publicly performed in London twice, and a version of the score lacking the presumably secret embellishments was on sale in shops on Rome's Via del Corso to those prepared to pay the price. Mozart might even have heard a private performance of the Miserere in London when he was in residence there as a child in 1764 and 1765. In fact, three authorized copies, though lacking the embellishments, had circulated outside the Vatican for decades. One was in the possession of the Holy Roman Emperor, Leopold I, who had asked the Pope for permission to perform the work in Vienna. He was duly sent a copy, though he complained to the pope that the unembellished version sent to him was an inferior work. The king of Portugal also owned a copy, as did the famed Bologna-born music scholar Padre Giambattista Martini, 1706 to 1784. So back, please, to young Mozart. The version of Allegre's Miserere that the 14-year-old Mozart heard at the Sistine Chapel on or around April 12, 1770, was almost certainly, like the performance linked above, the unembellished, not-so-secret version. When heard before Easter in the Sistine Chapel, an extended 13-minute version of the miserere is performed, during which the same material is repeated five times we must correctly acknowledge that for all its complexity, the miserere is not the earth-shakingly complicated work Leopold Mozart made it out to be. No doubt, Mozart's writing the thing down from memory was amazing enough, but it was not the divine miracle Leopold, impresario, and huckster made it out to be. We are honor-bound to observe as well that Mozart was not the only musician to transcribe a version of Allegri's Miserere after having heard it performed at the Sistine Chapel. The 22-year-old Felix Mendelssohn did so in 1831, and Franz Liszt some years later. The true miracle was not that Mozart could transcribe someone else's music but that he himself composed music so technically and aesthetically beyond that of any of his contemporaries that his opera constitutes a genre of composition all by itself. That he was also one of the very greatest composers of religious music who ever lived is often overlooked. So addled are we, his fans, by his operas, concerti, chamber works, and symphonies. Tomorrow's Dr. Bob Prescribes post will concentrate on Mozart's religious music, music written for the Catholic Church, and will focus on Mozart's Mass in C major, Kerschel 317, the Coronation of 1779, and his epic Mass in C minor, Kerschel 427, the Great of 1783. Thank you. To sample and download one or all of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.